and welcome to a ginormous episode of Drunken Book Club. I'm your... Ooh, should I, should I pull a deep cut? I'm your little boy who imagines he's on Monster Island and befriends a shrinking son of Godzilla, Christopher the Rupal. It's everyone's favorite movie. I actually looked up a ranking list. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sam. Uh, because I was, like, interested. It's like, where do all these movies, like, land for a lot of people? And it's pretty synonymous. Godzilla's Revenge, a.k.a. All Monsters Attack, is, like, the worst one. And I'm just like, okay, guys. You're right. <laughs> sorry. Uh. And I'm Sam, who really is interested in studying these things, but really has no sense of safety. A and... Like every scientist. And Sam, uh, for December 1st, this episode, there is a new Godzilla movie coming out. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm actually not that excited. <laughs> I'm a huge, I'm a G fan. I'm not going to lie here, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's all these years of being spoiled with some pretty decent American Godzilla movies. Like at least two out of three were pretty decent. I'm just in like being kind of like meh on the anime movies Maybe I'm just like kind of like, eh, and we'll see where it goes from here. Because Shin Godzilla was amazing. I'm not going to lie. That was the last Japanese one. I don't know if the anime, if the 3D animated ones were anime or not, or if they're Japanese, but those ones were pretty bad. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Minus One, but I'm not like, ooh, I'm going to be there first in line. I was not, hey, uh, JJ, save me that poster, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but we're reading, we read Godzilla, The Half-Century War, and not really in preparation, because I don't think, I don't know what that, I don't know what the movie's really about. I think it's supposed to be technically a remake of the original, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just pulling it for me later. Okay. Uh, and Sam, alright Sam, uh, what, what did you pre-game on on this episode? I just had a White Claw watermelon, because I'm a lightweight. Yay. I had a, that, that, the, what's it called, those double IPA... The, the gummy bear ones or whatever. I was just finishing that off because, like, I know if I had that on an empty stum- an empty enough stomach, it would start getting me buzzed. And I'm not going to lie, I got buzzed pretty early. I was I was waiting for Sam to come home from something. I was like, Sam, come home. I'm sad and lonely. So much masturbation. Like, don't don't bring don't bring a, 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 black a, light. a black light to the couch right now. Or my Xbox controller. Oh, Ew. no. Those vibrating... Uh, Xbox controller games are back, I baby. Xbox 360. Yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. Do you remember the days when there was those weird... It was the indie. It was the indie store for Xbox 360. So many of them were just vibrate controller. Yeah, so weird. I wonder if they were any good. I, I guess if you wanted a vibrator, that was your controller. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean I'm mean, i not going to lie. The modern day Xbox One controllers can vibrate really hard. Like, sometimes I have to turn down the vibration because it's so intense, you know? Yeah. I don't know if it's because I've, I've got grandpa hands or what, but, like, they can be a little crazy. I don't know. Maybe maybe you can get off to it. I don't know. Mm. I, I wouldn't know. Mm-mm. Not my thing. I'm I freezing actual toys and not the same thing I use to play video games. <laughs> this is Inside Out. I've been wearing yeah, Inside yes, it Out is. Uh, Sam's wearing her underwear Inside Out. My, my undershirt. Yeah, underwear. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I also had a, I also had a white claw watermelon to kind of get things like just started up. And I'm currently nursing what I like to call the son of Godzilla's blood. Now, if you know what Godzilla's blood is, you're probably a madman because that drink is fucking hardcore. 
Because I told Sam what was in it, and she was like, oh my god, no, we're not drinking that. And I said, yes, I agree, because that thing is too fucking much. Sam, do you remember what's in a Godzilla's blood? It was... Wasn't there gin? It was one ounce gin. And then rum? Four ounces rum. Vodka? Four ounces vodka. And strawberry puree? Uh, Technically, it just said strawberry juice, but I pretty much thought, hey, strawberry puree would work, and one ounce of that. Yeah. And that's it. It's over ice, and you stir it. There's nothing that is just pure alcohol with a little bit of strawberry. I made something, I pretty much made the little kid, not not even little kid version, because that thing is a fucking madman. This is the adult version. This is the true adult version. This is the, I'm not looking to go to the hospital today. Yeah, because what's Godzilla's blood will fuck you up. But son of Godzilla's blood will not fuck you up. I pretty much made a quarter version of it. Because, you know, thinking, hey, Son of Godzilla, he's pretty much like a quarter the size of Godzilla. Nah, more like a third, but whatever. It's kind of hard to do thirds with force. It's easier to do a quarter. Yeah. (laughs) So I just did a quarter ounce gin, one ounce vodka, one ounce um, uh, uh, rum. And I kept it at one ounce for grenadine. Because we didn't get uh, strawberry soda because Sam couldn't find it, which is A-OK. She found uh, Code Red Mountain Dew, which I'm not going to lie, I would much rather have. I'm going to say, Walgreens only had so many selections. It's it's OK. I I mean, I'm not going to lie, I would much rather have a Code Red Mountain Dew. Because I will finish that so much quicker. Yeah, I was going to say, even without booze. Mm -hmm. Even without booze. And then, yeah, I filled the rest of the glass with uh, Code Red Mountain Dew to kind of, like, just fill it out. And honestly... Really bomb-ass drink. I think this is a really good drink. I wouldn't mind trying a Godzilla's Blood another time when I'm, you know, have enough food in my belly that can absorb all that. And I probably won't finish the drink because I don't want to get alcohol poisoning. I could probably handle it. I, I don't I don't want to test that, but I could probably handle it. I'm going to say it's one of those, like, I would not recommend it just for the sake of eight ounces of booze alone. Like, uh, nine ounces. Nine ounces. Yeah. Of hardcore booze alone. My other thought is, like, if you were going into, like, going to have, like, Civil War-style surgery, I might recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think you're going to feel anything after that. Oh, no. All right, Sam. uh, What were your first impressions of this story? I I had already read this one beforehand because I am a very adamant Godzilla comic reader. What were your first impressions of Godzilla The Half-Century War? So, I didn't know what to expect going into it because... I've never read it. Yeah. And... Well, was, yeah, that's what your first well, impression... What did you think it was going to be about? I figured it was probably going to be about the guy on the cover, because there's a guy looking kind of sullen, like, juxtaposed I with Godzilla. I this lonely world. And... Do you think he listens to Linkin Park? I don't think so, because he's technically a boomer. <laughs> but look at him like this. Do you think he would listen to Linkin Park? I'm not saying if you know I don't think age. Linkin Park, I think Green Day, American Idiot yeah. era. He's looking pretty, pretty dark and gloomy. Uh, I, yet again, I, as I said already, I've already read this one. I have no first impressions, honestly. I kind of knew what it was going in before it, because it was one of those ones that, like, I got recommended via Godzilla podcast, because, um, at, like, around, around 2012, that's when I stopped reading comics in general, because that was when my dad passed away, and I was just like, I don't have time to read comics, and I don't really feel like reading comics. So I just, like, dropped. And, like, this literally dropped in 2012, and it would have been the perfect time for me to start reading this, because it's a nice, sad Godzilla story. Alrighty, let's go over the cover. We have a man standing in front of the destruction laid upon by Godzilla, who appears in the background. This Godzilla is from the Millennium Era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, say, I don't know. Uh, Godzilla if he looks like this, it's Millennium. 
I figured he wasn't classic, because classic looks different. Yeah. If he's got, like, really spiky spikes and, like, a jaw more like a lizard, it's Millennium. Like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> no, I see what you mean, because, like, yeah. yeah, that's different than some of the other ones. And... Alrighty. So, the story. Sam, don't be afraid to interrupt with your sound effects and your notes and jokes and all of the above. I don't think there will be a lot of jokes. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not really a good jokey. No. This is our first comic book we're also reviewing, which I'm pretty, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about. Sorry. Yeah, no, uh, you're good. So, issue number one. In the year 1954, Ota Murakami, a Japanese lieutenant in the JSDF, and his best friend, Kentaro, are leading a tank battalion deep into the heart of Tokyo. The one thing I would say, is, and part of it I get why, because it's 1954, so this is not even ten years after World War II. Yeah. He talks about how he's a young kid, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's kind of terrifying how much power they give, like, to pretty young kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the military. Like, not only in Japan. But everywhere. Yeah. Like, They're like, hey, you're like 20? Here's a giant weapon. Oh, yeah, he said he was barely out of his teens. Like, that was like first sentence like so he may be like 20 tops yeah and they're like here's all this power but yeah this is all going on during uh, godzilla's first attack on tokyo oh no you say he's got to go uh upon encountering godzilla ota orders all the tanks in the battalion to open fire on him but their attack merely alerts the giant monster to their presence and he quickly destroys all the tanks with his atomic breath save for ota's which has its radio antenna broken Kentaro fixes the radio, and the two get word that Godzilla is heading for a massive group of civilians trying to evacuate. Ah! Ah, Godzilla! Springing into action, Ota and Kentaro manage to catch up with Godzilla moments before he reaches the evacuees and distract him with a shot to the face. That just pissed him off. Godzilla proceeds to give chase to the tank throughout the city, and he eventually falls victim to an artillery strike. However, that too also proves futile, as Godzilla quickly recovers from the attack and gives chase to the tank yet again. With the tank's engine almost broken, Kentaro manages to veer it into a canal, as Godzilla marches away into the sea. He oh, just, God. just did a bunch of damage, and they're like, oh, I'm good, bye that's godzilla for you i know but it's just kind of funny of just like the the man in the suit can't last that long sam give him a break <laughs> he's like i need to cool off Go to the ocean. <sighs> oda gets a broken arm and is sent to a hospital he breaks out a few days later and watches with ken as godzilla is killed by the oxygen destroyer <laughs> it's from the first movie it's it's that one-eyed guy that you have a crush on i mean he is hot yeah a few months later, Ota, and you've never even seen the first movie. I just showed you a picture of him, and you're, I was like, you think he's hot? He, he is. Am I wrong? I'm not going to lie. The first movie is literally about a love triangle and a giant monster destroying Tokyo. It's great. Like, I, I, I have a fondness for love stories in movies that don't need love stories. Like Rocky, for instance. I think it's actually a pretty decent love story. People will argue that. But I think it's actually a pretty good one. But, yeah, whatever. I digress. You know, the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's very one-sided, but hey, you know, the woman could have learned to love him. Okay. A few mo- I mean, hey, it worked in Shape of Water. Uh, a few True. months later, You're right. <laughs> Ota and Kantaro are given an offer by a Colonel Schuler. Is it Schuler or Schooler? It could also be Skyler if we want to be pedantic. I'm going to say Schuler. 
I like Schuler. I don't know. Schuler works. You say it however you feel comfortable with. Because it's one of those like, depending on where. Because it's from. spelled school then er, you know. So I'm I'm assuming Schuler. Yeah, because I mean like, because technically like the Schuyler sisters yeah. in Hamilton mm-hmm. is S C H U L. So that's where I'm like it could also be. But yeah, Schuler uh, wants to offer them to hunt down Godzilla, who is seemingly alive and is wrecking chaos across the Pacific. Oda accepts, and so does Kentaro. Reluctantly. That's, that's, I added the word reluctantly. I mean, it's kind of true. They're just like, really? Can, do they have other people? And they're like, nope, this is you. I know. This Kentaro is- just wanted to open a restaurant and change his life. Army life wasn't for him. Which is fair. All right, issue two, Sam. Issue two. It's been 13 years since Godzilla first made landfall at Japan, and Oda Murakami's first encounter with the King of Monsters. Oda is now a seasoned veteran of the AMF, an international organization dedicated to eradicating Godzilla. Godzilla has mysteriously swung from his usual territory in the North Pacific, and is headed straight toward Indochina, where the Vietnam War is already in full swing. It ain't me! It ain't me! Honestly, I had that, ain't no fortune in I had that going on in my head. Yeah, that, so did I. That song is like... It, you, know, you know the only reason why that's in like every Vietnam movie, right? Mm-mm. Because their manager literally sold the rights to almost all the Creedence Clearwater, Creedence Clearwater Revival music for dirt cheap. So they're like, we can use this easily. Yeah. If you want to use a Creedence Clearwater song, you can use it very cheaply. On one hand, like that sucks for the band. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand... I get why movies would use it then. Cause... Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, don't you think, like, in the end, people want to, if you really enjoyed this song, would you not want to go out and buy a soundtrack? Or buy a... Buy a CD. Buy a CD? Because yeah. I know I've bought I've bought their greatest hits because it's one of the best greatest hits I've ever found. Fair enough. Two disc. Good set. My brother broke, uh, scratched it. But to hell. The AMF, blocked from entering the peninsula through North Vietnam, is forced to stop Godzilla north of Saigon. At the AMF's makesh- makeshift command post... The American General Carson, working with the AMF. Carson plans to lead Godzilla into a mined bog where he hopes that Godzilla will be stuck long enough until a flight of B-52 Super Fortress bombers... Rock lobster! ...drop their loads of bombs on the monster. Drop your load. Onto the monster. I drop my load on him. Don't, don't use a black light in this room, either. Don't use a black light in any of the rooms. No, that's fair. Colonel Schuler tries to tell Carson the futility of such an attack, but is ignored by... By Carson, who is arrogant enough to claim that there isn't a creature that walks this earth that can survive what we're about to unleash on that valley. Uh-huh. uh-huh. This sounds familiar. Also, didn't Car- Carson was the one that kind of looked like Eggman, right? Uh, no, no. That was a different guy. That was the, the Scottish guy. Okay. But you know which one I'm talking about? That I was like... He's you're bald. talking about that guy? Yeah. Yeah, that's not Carson. That's, um... Oh my god, what is his name? Doc something. It's not Carson. Keep, keep okay. reading. Meanwhile, a battery of Mazer? Mazer. Mazer cannons is set atop on a hilltop by the EDF's eccentric Doc Randall. Who claims, yeah, Doc Randall. There we go. Who claims that said Mazer cannons can blast through a half mile of solid granite. <laughs> Kentaro is sent with Randall to operate the Mazer batteries. Schuler then has a discussion with Oda on why Godzilla would switch his territory so quickly. Oda can't think of anything, but guesses that Godzilla is chasing something. Acting on a hunch... Shuler leaves the command post via helicopter and leaves Oda in charge. I'm gonna say it's like the oldest oldest kid energy. Yeah. Soon enough, Godzilla arrives and gets distracted by several tanks and helicopters. And soon enough, Bumbles into mines at several engineers' place two days prior. Sorry, just the idea of like yeah. Bumbles just 
Like, just awkwardly waddles into him. Something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Some Americans trying to bomb the fuck out of Godzilla. He then comes into Mazer Cannon Range, and they open fire. However, the action is soon cut short when Viet Cong soldiers scramble out of a spider hole. Angerus! And the hilltop where Mazer Battery is the Mazer Battery is on turns out to be Angerus, who is awakening. Most, <laughs> most of the Mazer Batteries are lost. Meanwhile, Godzilla notices Angerus, and the two engage in a fight. Dun, dun, dun. It's a cool fight, too. It is a very well-done fight. Yeah. The fight drags on for a while until Angerus flees. This gives Ken and Randall the opportunity they, they need to hit Godzilla with the remaining Mazers. Unfortunately, the bombers that Carson had ordered earlier arrive and drop their payloads, obscuring the view for the Mazers and ruining the best possible chance for the AMFs to defeat Godzilla. God damn it. Then, as Oda laments over the situation, Godzilla suddenly turns for the sea. Meanwhile, Schuler is revealed to have found the reason for Godzilla's mysterious course change, a psionic transmitter. Da-da-da! Issue number three. It's the year 1975. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Disco, baby. Uh, since the AMF's chance encounter with Angus in 1967, more giant monsters have started to appear. Rodan, Mothra, Megalon. You're not going to do any of their sound effects? I don't remember. Oh, come on, Sam. Rodan sounds like... That's just angry bird. It, it, angry. It's, it's pterodactyl. <laughs> Mothra's like... There you go. Megalon is... I'm lame. I got drills for hands. Drill hands. Kumonga. Spider noise. Hedera. That sounds about right. And Ebera. Spy crab. Just spy crabs. <laughs> just spy crabs. Just a bunch of... It's just a 20... Like a 20 foot tall Frenchman ah! crouched with a open cigarette. Oh. Cigarette case. To counter these new threats, the AMF has expanded its ranks to include more anti-monster teams. One for each monster. I love the designs for each of them. Oh, they're fucking great. It goes great with each monster, too. Well, like, and, like, Mothras are hippies. Yeah, which makes sense, because it's Mother Mothra. Yeah. Even one of them, I love how one of them refers to them as just Mother Mothra. Yeah. And then Hidoras are in whole-ass hazmat suits, which makes sense, considering. Hedera. Which, you know what's weird? Um, Hedera is technically a monster from the galaxy, so he technically shouldn't be in this area, as we later learn with these monsters. Yeah. But that's just me being pedantic. That's me being a, a huge Hedor. Hedor is one of my favorites, honestly. But uh, he is from the Crab Nebula, if I'm not mistaken. And then Rodan. Which one was the one that looked really punky? I'm trying to remember. That was Batras. Batras was punky. Rodan's was like like pilots. And uh, Kumung. Uh, did, wait, did Kumung even have one? Here I can. Yeah, I got it. We're not even doing anything. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere! Yeah. Yeah, Kumunga doesn't even have one. Eberus is kind of... I, I guess it's navy? Oh, I guess they're kind of in navy, like scuba suits. Yeah. And then uh, Megalons are like an extra armor, which makes sense, because Megalons like a big dung beetle. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, continuing forward... Now, all the monst world's monsters, including Godzilla, have all mysteriously converged 
at Akragana and are all causing massive damage to the city. Ota, Ken, Schooler, and the or Schuler, and the AMF's anti-monster teams have assembled at a half-destroyed hotel. Schuler noticed that notices that the power station across the city is mysteriously active. A decision is made to investigate it. Everyone gets into the van of one of the Mothra Strike Team's members. Actually, it's only like some of them, not even all of them, because they can't fit everybody, obviously. And it's like a VW bus, by the way. Yeah, I love that. It's and, like a hippie van. Yeah. And a wild chase ensues across the city, with the driver skillfully avoiding being trampled by the fighting monsters. Unfortunately, before making it to the power station, the van crashes straight through Hedora, and the van... We're going through to the other side. Yeah, they, they even say that. I <laughs> yeah, love exactly. that so much. And the van barely makes it to the station. And I love how the guy who's, like, the one guy who's the Hedora guy is like, Do not touch anything! That is fucking dangerous! You will melt! I think that's fair, though, because, yeah. yeah, it's like, don't... Because, like, literally, in fucking Godzilla vs. Hedera, you see literal skeletons just laying on the floor. And a poor kitten that got covered. Aww. Yeah. Poor it, baby. It, it, it just looks so miserable. It's just covered yeah. in fucking shit. <laughs> like, someone literally took a dump on that kitten. Poor baby. Really sad. I should show you. No. <laughs> It'll make you laugh. <laughs> See? <laughs> you laugh at animals' pains. No, I don't. Especially 1970s Japanese animals. Milo noticed. <laughs> uh, the AMF makes its way through the bowels of the station and knocks out two armed guards. They soon eavesdrop on the mastermind of the entire monster attack on the city. Rogue AMF scientist Dr. Deverick. Who created the psionic transmitter, as seen in the last issue, and is currently putting a newer version, the one that summoned the monsters, up for auction. Oda, yeah, super douche. Because that's not even like one of those where I go, okay, I get where you get screwed by the military and you're pissed, but it's like this does no one any good. Yeah, because they literally describe how he they stopped funding his project because it's like they tested it out and like it just made Godzilla more pissed. And it's like, why should you work on something that makes Godzilla more pissed? And he's like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna go sell it on the black market. Yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah, there's. it's not even one of those where I'm like, okay, I get it. No, yeah. fuck you. Fuck off. So Oda and the rest of the AMF burst in and try to arrest the man, but the mad scientist activates a master control switch that can summons all the monsters to attack the power station. Deverick escapes, and the AMF manage to get out, save for Schuler, who is pinned by debris. Oda tries to get his commanding officer out, but he refuses his, his help and gets crushed by more falling debris as Godzilla and the other monsters run over the station, killing him. Oda screams in anger and collapses as the monsters continue their battle in the city. Issue number four. Twelve years have passed since the AMF's fateful day in Accra and the death of Colonel Schuller. <laughs> the old monster hunter teams have since been disbanded. And the AMF's now aging ex-monster hunters have become, in Oda's words, glorified weather watchers. Take on me. Take on me. Um, keeping close tabs on the world's monsters. Oh, shit, I should have said the weather girls. It's yes. raining kaiju. Hallelujah, it's, it's raining kaiju. Hey, man. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna get absolutely soaking wet. Flicking the bean. That's what it's about. Okay. They're horny. Yeah. I Let them be horny, Sam. They can be horny. Let the black women be horny. And now, then become black uh, church singers. Now, Godzilla is rampaging in Bombay, India, 
and Oda, along with Kentaro, are keeping a close eye on him. Then two military transports drop a giant container in the city, revealing the latest weapon in the AMF's arsenal, a me mechanical version of Godzilla, aptly dubbed Mechagodzilla. It's technically Mechagodzilla too. Okay. Didn't know that. Because, uh, okay, if you go with the, the uh, Showa era, it's technically Mechagodzilla 1, who was a bad guy, but the Heisei era is Mechagodzilla 2, who's a good guy. Gotcha. And it's, this is, the design is definitely based off of Mechagodzilla 2. But they just saved Mechagodzilla for simplicity. Oh, yeah, I mean, for simplicity, yeah. As Oda exists, exits, sorry, just exists in his van, <laughs> as Oda exits his van for a brief smoke session, and Godzilla and his new adversary duke it out, he notices Dr. Deverick walking pew, calmly pew. throughout the general carnage and chaos of the city like an asshole. Asshole. Oda radios Kentaro for backup and shadows Deverick follows, and follows him to a warehouse. There, Deverick discusses a deal with two suited men, presumably buyers for his psionic transmitter, because apparently rich sociopaths just need to do more destruction. Fuck you. For what it's worth, they actually look like the ape men from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, the original version, who were dressed up in uh, suits and shit, and were actually secretly uh, space roaches? They were either space roaches or space apes, I can't remember. Okay, but basically, like, they're not humans, so they... I think they're space apes. So they're like, please destroy humans, that's great. Yeah. They look like them. I don't think they were actually them, because they didn't say or do anything. Yeah, because I think the cockroach people were from Megalon? There's so many fucking movies, I don't fucking know. But the two men remain Chris, silent. Chris, don't put it in an editor's note. Fuck off if you do. The two men remain silent and leave. Oda takes advantage and tackles Deverick to the ground as the scientist shows him the newly modified psionic transmitter, which is approximately a thousand times more potent than its predecessor, according to Deverick. Because apparently just doing enough harm, he can just not... He apparently just wants to say fuck you to the uh, democratic oath, oath as well as everything. Instead yeah. of first do no harm, it's first do all the harm. Well, technically, he's not a he's not a doctor in that sense. I just wanted to make the joke of do all the harm because that's what he's fucking doing. Yeah, but he's not like a, an actual doctor though. Still sucks ass. <laughs> You're not wrong. Then, as Ken and two AMF soldiers arrive, the transmitter activates itself automatically and summons Space Godzilla. <laughs> Space Godzilla begins battling with Godzilla and Mechagodzilla, quickly rendering Mechagodzilla inoperative and Godzilla at its mercy. Um, actually, Space Godzilla couldn't exist here because, uh, any of the many reasons for him to exist can't happen here because, uh, Mothra didn't go into space with Godzilla genes, or Biollante's, uh, plant DNA didn't go into space either, or... I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, got any more? Because Space Godzilla, like, it's a weird thing. Like, he's... No one... There's no one way he got his origin. There's multiple ways he got his origin. Gotcha. We're just going to ignore that and just go, oh, yeah, yeah. he's no. here now. No, yeah, this this book con completely ignores that shit, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Oda manages to rescue Godzilla's pilot and reactivate its weapons and blast the giant crystal Space Godzilla used to arrive in and gains his power from, causing it to topple on the monster. Godzilla takes advantage of this and fires his atomic breath at his clone, killing him. As Godzilla roars in victory, King Ghidorah and Gigan are seen traveling towards Earth, having picked up Deverick's signal. signal. Issue number five. It has now been a full 48 years since Ota Murakami first clashed with the King of the Monsters. Oh, this isn't a half century. Uh, you guys are wrong. Close enough. <laughs> I love that every uh, wiki page I went to was like, technically it's not a half century because it's two years shy of it. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Like, it makes more sense for it to be in 2002. Because each one aligns with a war or some kind of like 
massive like attack that America was part of kind of thing. Yeah. Like it just it just makes well, sense. And it's one of those like the forty eight year yeah. war doesn't sound as good as the half century war. Exactly. So shut the fuck up. Uh, now he and Kentaro and the last of the AMF are faced with their biggest challenge yet. The two space monsters, King Ghidorah and Gigan. In the year 2001, oh my god, 9-11, King Ghidorah and Gigan, having picked up Dr. Deverich's signal from his psionic transmitter, have laid waste to half the world. In a final gamble with the fate of the world, in the balance, the AMF authorizes the use of an experimental black hole cannon, the Dimension Tide. Did you, you know what's the funniest thing? You want to know what movie The Dimensional Tide is from? Hmm. Godzilla vs. Megagirus. Yeah, it's one of the... It's like the second one of the Millennium series and also one of the worst ones. It's Godzilla fights a fucking giant dragonfly. And, like, the dragonfly fucking, like, bites his dick and shit. <laughs> or I think it, like, stings his dick. I can't remember. Like, I, I'm, I swear to God, he, like, bites his dick or something. Like, it's really funny. Like, nothing like Godzilla getting hit in the cock. Like, there's that one time when, like, he got dropped on top of a pagoda, or on, like, an electrical, like, build station, and it was, like, right through his dick. It's like, oh, here comes a dick drop, to quote AVGN. <laughs> and they're also releasing their latest Mecha Godzilla. Kiru-chan! Ota and Kentaro are present at the final operation, taking place in Antarctica, which, hey, that just makes sense. Like, I, I honestly thought that was really fucking clever that they actually did this in a non-populated area, far as fucking away from people as possible. Yeah, rip to the penguins. And they, they moved them somewhere safe. They just like, they, come on. They're like, come on, keep them moving. Then they slap you with your their little flippers. They're just like... Apparently that hurts. Yeah, I, I would imagine, it, like, they fucking swim with that shit. Yeah, like, I actually met someone, I remember, like, in high school that went on an Antarctica, like, expedition kind of thing mm -hmm. for research. And she was like, yeah, no, they, they slap a bitch. It sucks. They're not friendly. Don't try and pet them. Sam still would. I still would. The duo visit Kiru-chan's pilot, Takeshi-chan, and no knock him out. Since the duo will have a plan to have Ota pilot Kiru-chan instead of Takeshi. Soon after this, Godzilla arrives and Kiru-chan is activated. Godzilla battles King Ghidorah and Gigan, but being outmatched falls quickly. However, he is saved by Kiru-chan. Having fun there. And to an extent, Ota. No, I'm not. And not the two work together and fight the two aliens to a standstill. However, the Dimension Tide activates and the two aliens are sucked in at once. However, Godzilla stubbornly refuses to go in. Ota, via Kiru-chan, tries to push Godzilla in. But the King of the Monsters proves to be far too stubborn and roars in defiance. That's his roar. As Kiru... As you said, that's his roar. Just... That's, like, that's, like, that's like Manila's roar. As Kira takes heavy damage from the Dimension Tide, Oda nonchalantly laments on Godzilla's defiance and quietly pushes the monster king with Kiru, smiling as he does so. Ota and Kiru are sucked in as the black hole collapses on itself. Meanwhile, the AMF forces break into celebration, except for Kentaro, having lost Ota, his lifelong best friend in the battle. 
He then finds a journal Ulta had kept with him during his years fighting Godzilla. Out in the sea, where the battle between Godzilla, Kiru, King Ghidorah, and Gaigan fought, Godzilla's dorsal plates break the surface, implying that Godzilla has survived. <laughs> Alrighty, Sam. Do you have any notes? I don't really have any notes. I was just too... I was just really good... To, I didn't really I was about to say you were enamored. Yeah. Alrighty. So, uh, are you curious about all the kaiju that appeared in this story? Yes. Alrighty. All the kaiju in order. Chris, drop some Godzilla music underneath. Godzilla, Ingris, Mothra, Rodan, Megalon, Hedera, Batra, Ebera, Kumonga, Mechagodzilla 2, Space Godzilla, Gigan, King Gira, and Kiruchan. Uh, I find it interesting that they use the Millennium version of Godzilla throughout the book instead of changing it up every issue. Like, maybe even comment how it's evolving or something. That's what I think. I think it would have been more interesting if they had done something like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, in, in each different uh, era, they... I mean, except for maybe, like, the first two, like, each one would have looked different in the movies. Because, like, if you have the 70s one, he's looking a little more like Cookie Monster at that point. Because, <laughs> like, the suit just got a little lighter and got a little goofier looking. But in the 80s, you have the Heisei era one, which is definitely a thicker looking Godzilla. And then in the 90s one, or the 2002 area, that's where you should have that final Millennium Godzilla. I just thought it was weird that he just went, just just Millennium Godzilla. It might be just for ease of drawing, for not having to make a design each issue. That's fair. Uh, I like, there's also a nice little reference to another kaiju in the book. I think it's in the, it's in the first chapter, when Godzilla drops a building on the tank. It has a it has a what's it called like a squid looking thing. Yeah, it's I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Gazora from Space Amoeba. Beautiful. Yep. And uh, those are all my notes. Nice. All right, Sam. Time for r- 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 random questions. Do you have any random questions before I get into mine? I actually do. Yes. If you had to be any on any of the AMF teams, which one would you be on? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I th- I oof. I think maybe Mothra because it feels like it's the safest one. That's fair. Because <laughs> Mothra isn't really, like... Yeah, Mothra's not out to destroy unless you piss her off or try to, like, take her babies or something. Yeah. Like, she's just there to protect. Like, she's literally the most true neutral monster. She just kind of vibes. Kind of neutral goodish. You know, she does yeah. actually try to protect the Earth. But she's not just... Because I feel like if you're on it. if you're on the Megalon team, you're definitely on the ground more, which I feel like is good. But you're also very open to, like, him popping up underneath. Because he technically is an underground dweller. Hedorah's probably the most dangerous. Yo, for sure. I would not want to do Hedorah's. I would also not want to do, um... What's it called? Rodan's? Because you'd have to definitely be a pilot, like, how they look in the book. Yeah, I'm And no, thank you. No. And also, same thing with Eberas, where they would, like, definitely are, like, scuba tank kind of people, or, like, water yeah. people. I don't want to drown or die in the ocean. Yeah, I was going to say, the ocean is dangerous enough before you put sea monsters in there. I'm wondering if uh, Batra's people are just, like, just punks. They look like just straight-up punks. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, Batra's the opposite of Mothra. Like, it's 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 to help keep the balance there. Where Mothra is supposed to keep the balance of good, Batra's supposed to keep the balance of, like, destruction. So without one, you can't have the other. It's, it's yin and yang. Yeah. That's literally Batra and Mothra, kind of. Kind of there for. Yeah. So. And what, uh, did you say which one? I feel like I'd probably also be with the Mothra, because again, it's like the safest, and just, yeah, just chill out, and that, and I like Mothra, so. Yeah. If there were any other ones, I would maybe want to do Angara's team, because I'd be like, we're the underdogs. 
We're, Bear- just, we're just the little guys. I mean, I'd be in the same boat with Baragon. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so my... Uh, do you have any other questions? That was my big one. Well, I, I, I thank you for actually having one for this segment. You're welcome. Yeah. What's your favorite Godzilla monster? Just in general. You don't have to say from this book. Just in general. I stay with Baragon. Yeah. I. It's under... Like, I just like him. He's adorable. Yeah, Baragon's pretty cute. It's It's pretty much... If you know what Baragon looks like, look it up, but he's pretty much like a ground bat, I would say. I was going to say, like, so when they talk about, like, Pokemon that were inspired by different Oh, yeah, Nido Queen, Nido King. Yeah, Nido King is the closest. Yeah. And I was going to say, you actually have the Godzilla one yep. right there. Yeah. Of Ty- Tyranitar. Tyranitar. Uh, if I have to go with my favorite one, at least from the Godzilla, like, I said Godzilla monster, not Kaiju in general, which, I mean, I don't think I'd choose any <laughs> ones from the other areas. Um... I kind of like Titanosaurus, or ti- I can't remember if it's Titanosaurus or Titanosaurus. I think it's Titanosaurus. Uh, he's such a lame loser monster. <laughs> he's, I don't know, I really, there's like this one comic in Godzilla Legends where this boy connects with it, and I really like that story. I also really like Angerus because he's definitely the underdog of like, he is much smaller than everyone else. He's on all fours. He's kind of like Baragon, except just spiky back. You know, he's also, yeah. an, he's an Ankylosaurus. I love Ankylosauruses. Yeah, I was going to say, I do like He's, he's a spiky. Angerus because he's just. He's, he's a spiky little ba- Baragon, you know? Yeah. Um, I can go on for days. I can, I can rank them all, honestly. Yes, yeah, so I, I know you also all. like Hedora, though. But... I like Hedora. is probably my favorite villain one because he's just so disgusting and just, he, I, I like monsters that are kind of there to like, I, I like ones that are also social commentary. He's definitely social commentary of, hey, how about we stop fucking up the planet? Um, next question. Favorite Godzilla movie? Do you have one? Um, I don't know if I have one because I haven't seen that many, honestly. Yeah, how about any of that you've seen? You know, it doesn't really matter. Um, I honestly liked, is it King of the Monsters? I'm trying to remember that. The, the one from 2019? I think so. Yeah, the one that was in theaters. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, that one, the that sequel really to the reboot yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, not Godzilla, but Godzilla King of the Monsters, I think it was, was, was. Yeah. The one with Brian Cranston for the first, like, 30 minutes, and then yeah. he dies. Yeah, and it fucking goes downhill afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna just go through each era, which one's my favorite. So for the Showa... It's definitely going to be just Go- Gojira. Gojira is just the best one of the bunch. But if I'm not going to do the cop-out answer, I really like King Kong vs. Godzilla and also Godzilla vs. Hedera. Because they're both... King Kong vs. Godzilla is just funny. It's like a funny movie, but it's also really entertaining. Though it does have a lot of racism, which really sucks. A lot of Asians in brown face. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but I also like Hedora as well, because that one's just got a good message. But that one is definitely one, not one I would recommend to people, though. If I'm going to recommend a movie, I'm going to recommend Gojira. Like, that's how it's going to go. For the Showa era, I'm going to go with Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, because that was the first one I've ever seen of those ones, and that one is amazingly good. Like, it has time travel, and, like, uh, it has a quantum abortion, technically. Good stuff in that one. Uh, there's a lot of good ones in that era as well. Like, some people really don't like Versus Space Godzilla, but I really like that one as well. Um, then the Millennium series, I'm probably gonna go with Final Wars, because that's just a great way to end a series. It's just Godzilla going on a fucking rampage and just kicking a ton of ass. Like, it's really good action in there. And then Shin Godzilla, obviously... Is, is, like, that's kind of stands on its own, so I'll say Shin Godzilla, and it's also really fucking good. But of the American ones, I'm gonna stick with Sam on this one and go with King of the Monsters, because 
it's a bomb ass movie. Yeah. It's got some good action in there. It kind of falls near the end, but it's a really good movie though. Yeah. I, I think this this next question is kind of obvious, but have you read any of the other Godzilla comics? I have not. <laughs> You're telling me you've never read Godzilla vs. Charles Barkley? That's an actual comic. That's a real comic. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Linkara did an episode on that. That's the only reason I know about it. Like, at le- I mean, I probably would have learned about it eventually, but no. There's a legit comic where him and Charles Barkley fight. <laughs> it's so weird. See, all I could think of is... um. Clerks the animated series Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. I'm just beating the shit out of him. <laughs> just Godzilla just beating the shit out of his uh, Jane Sound Bob. Yeah. But uh, I- I've read the Dark Horse collection, which is pretty good. It's it's good for the time being. It's not like the best comic ever. The IDW ones are definitely a hit and miss ones. The first one that ever came out was called um, A Kingdom of Monsters. That one's pretty solid. It had Eric Powell doing the art and I think also writing. Mm. And I like Eric Powell a lot. Yeah, I was going to say he's really good. What'd he write then? Um, The Goon. Yeah, The Goon. Yeah. See, you second-guessed yourself. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he did The Goon and Hillbilly, some some of my favorite comics. Um, There's also Gangsters and Goliaths, and that's not very good, but I read that because it was Godzilla and I just read it. And there's also Godzilla in Hell, which is the most fucking weird comic I've ever read. It's like a four-part series where Godzilla goes to hell. Like, I think he falls into a pit and just, he just gets out somehow eventually. He's just like, he's just roaming around hell just being like, this sucks. (laughs) Sorry, this. (laughs) Hell is hot. (laughs) Just going around talking like he was butthead. This sucks. See, all I can think of is like Rodate. Just one of the other fucking ones. Like, heh, heh, yeah. Heh, sucks. <laughs> just, just, yeah, I think Rodan would be, Rodan would be a good, like, heh, heh, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> or Angus. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> them <laughs> wandering <laughs> around. Ah, there's water and cactuses, right, Godzilla? Uh, yeah, Angus. You, you try it. <laughs> then he has this fucking trip out scene, which is the whole fucking comic. There's literally <laughs> some weird ass imagery in that one. I do recommend that one. I think you can only buy it as individual issues. Unfortunately, I don't think they have a collected version of that. If there is, I need to buy that because I want people to read that comic because it's so fucking weird and great. Um, and my final question for the episode, Sam, do you think Ken got to open up that restaurant after the ending of all of this? I hope so. I hope so, too. He deserves a happy ending. Yeah. He lost his best friend, and... He has spent fi- almost 50 years of his life... Literally in this shit. Yeah. Let him have a restaurant. Where he just opens up, like, a small restaurant. Nothing super fancy. Yeah. But just, like, a little, like... Like a little breakfast nook. Yeah, it's like, like a greasy spoon kind of thing. <laughs> no, he, he opens up his own McDonald's franchise in Japan. I mean, if that's what makes him happy, I guess. Yeah. He's like, oh. Uh, okay, so that's it for that one. Sam, do you have anything you would pair with this? Um, my first thought, just because of the end, is Pacific Rim. Okay, alright. That was actually not one I thought of. Yeah, because of the whole, like, mech versus kaiju aspect. Mm-hmm. And also, there is a part where Idris Elba fucking sacrifices himself. That is true. For God, it's the whole... So, I don't remember anything about that movie except for the fighting. Also, Idris Elba calling out one guy with daddy issues. He's like, I don't know if we can sink. And he's like, daddy issues, got it. <laughs> yeah. And it's hilarious, because the guy just kind of has this look like, shit, <laughs> he does have me figured out. <laughs> uh, anything else you would pair? Um, that was the only thing I could really think of, because my brain's just not... It's, it's all good. Uh, so, a man's obsession with fighting a great monster that eventually ends it all for them. 
I may be describing the half-century war, but I'm also referring to my first pairing, Moby Dick. Without a doubt, this story takes great inspiration from the great American novel. And also, it's just it's, it's just a good book. You should all read it. You, sh- you whippersnapper, should read Moby Dick. Oh, God. Um, my next pairing is Kong Skull Island. Oh, yeah. This book and this movie pair really well each- with each other because they really do show, especially in the second issue, the whole... Oh, the army can't do shit against these monsters. Like, it shows how pointless fighting these things is, and just having to survive, you know, is key. Yeah. And that's very much that part where they're, where Samuel Jackson, right? Yeah. Is like, we're just gonna bomb the fuck out of it. And everyone's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Just, just stop. Stop. And then my final uh, pairing, I don't have too many pairings for this one, but the Metal Slug game series... I find the art has a strong resemblance to the Metal Slug series, and any reason to bring it up is good enough for me. Fair enough. That's that's my only reason why I paired it. Valid. Yeah, it kind of looks like Metal Slug. Yeah, I can see it. Joe would be happy if I said that, so I'm, I'm doing that one for Joe. Sweet. Love you, Joe. Uh, Sam, what's your ratings and reviews for this one? So this was my first foray, in, foray into Godzilla comics. Yes. So I felt like it was a good approach if you don't know anything about the whole Godzilla mythos. It tackles that very well. The art style... I like the art style. Mm. I think it tells the story well, and it has a bittersweet ending. Oh, definitely a bittersweet ending. And honestly, I would... I don't really have any huge nitpicks on it, mm. even. I would give it a five... Five hippie vans bursting through Hidora out of five. Okay. Uh, ratings and reviewings for me. This is a hell of a Godzilla story that perfectly balances monster destruction and the human story. The tragic story of a man's obsession with a monster is perfectly told throughout the pages of this graphic novel. From the start, you know that this will all end poorly, but the journey there is what makes it all worth it in the end. If I'm going to critique one thing about this, it's that the art is a bit cartoonish at times with how the characters react, but it's nothing that I would take a point away from, in all honesty. Uh, This was a pleasure to reread, and I'm glad I got to share it with you all today. I give Godzilla the Half-Century War a perfect five notice-me-Godzilla-senpais out of five. Because that very end of just, look at me, you bastard. Look at me! Look at me! Like, that was so, oh. Kiss me! Yeah, it's fucking depressing-ass ending there. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the story. Morning Glory. Uh, so yeah, that's the end. Thank you for showing, joining us this week on Drunken Book Club. I hope you guys enjoyed our first foray into graphic novels and comics. I would like to get more into them. Like, I wanted to do something for Marvels, but I was like, what do we read? Because <laughs> it's three different characters, and I don't think there's like a big crossover book between the three, you know? I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. I, I have the first Miss Marvel of the Cam- the Camilla Khan. Yeah. And then I've got a Captain Marvel of a similar of the similar era. Yeah. And that's it. I'm the Lightbringer. Uh, so yeah, I'm just like, I would like to do more later on. Maybe when Deadpool comes out with Wolverine, we can do a Wolverine comic. I want to do Wolverine. I love Wolverine. I know you do. I'm, I'm short. I'm the same height as him. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah. You're just as Canadian as him, too. No, he's very. more Canadian. Nah, you're very Canadian. Don't lie to yourself, you peaceful little Canuck. Not Canadian. Eh? Fuck off. Eh? Not a boot me. Eh? I think a boot? A boot me. What'd you say? Sorry. 
Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry about that. What is that, fucking Hoga Yozers? Yeah. Yoga Hosers. Hoga Yozers. Oh, that movie was bad, but I liked it. It was fun in the stupid way. Yeah, it's a good drunk movie. Uh, thank you for joining us this week on Drunken Book Club. If you like what you heard, make sure to like, subscribe, and all that jazz. Uh, if you're listening, if you're listening to us on YouTube, write a comment. If you read this comic, I want to know. Or if you're interested in reading this comic, let me know in the comments. Same thing with SoundCloud. Leave a comment below. Spotify, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Five stars means a lot. It helps people find us. And same thing with iTunes. A five star review really helps us out in leaving, you know, leaving some kind words. If you leave a five star review and still have critiques of us, that's really welcomed. Yes. Because you know we gotta learn from our mistakes, and if you don't tell us what's wrong, we can't fix them. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Uh, and you can follow us on pretty much any place at DBC underscore Pod. Or Drunken Book Club. It's pretty much Twitter, DBC Pod, and uh, what's called uh, Blue Sky is Drunken Book Club. But uh, if you, and there's also our Patreon at patreon.com slash Drunken Book Club. Or maybe it's DBC Pod. Damn, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's Drunken Book Club. A dollar a month gets you all the content. It gives you an episode early, it gives you a shout out. Shout out to Trey. What's up, baby? And a bunch of bonus episodes and stuff like that. But you can also subscribe for free and get everything up to a week later or a month later, depending on how I release stuff. So you do get the stuff for free eventually. But, I mean, it's a dollar a month. Just pay a dollar. We like it. We also have a Kofi page if you want to go there. It's it's all in our link tree down below. Just check out the link tree. Support us. It really helps. And, Sam, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and occasionally Tumblr at Berserker Rose. And Blue Sky. And Blue Sky. You can follow our buddies Brandon at Aldrich Made on Blue Sky and Twitter and TikTok. You can follow our good buddy uh, uh, Weez at Force Left Hander. Drop the he the e on Hander. He's on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, and eventually he'll be on Blue Sky because I have a code for him. And uh, that's it, Sam. What song should we go off on? Um, I don't. I don't want to do any of the Godzilla stereotypical songs. <laughs> we could do a Vietnam War. It ain't me. It ain't me. I no fortunate one, you know. I I think I have an idea for a song. War. What is it good for? <sighs> what is it good for? Absolutely. How about we go off on a song by the band War? Low, rye, duh. <laughs> That's war for you. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us this week on Drunken Book Club, and stay tuned next week when we hopefully will have an a choose your own adventure. Ready for you guys? Ooh, what could it be about? It's about a bottom of snowman. Nice. Raggle, fraggle, raggle! Ah!